I grew six inches from 17 to 19. That was just his willy. <laughs> <laughs> the size of it. That got bigger then as well. I was delighted. <laughs> and it'd take your eye out when he was 19. When it was 16, it wouldn't have done a bit. Red Raw. Red Raw. With Rob and Laura. Hello, Robert. Hello. Hello. I Hello. believe this is what they call the difficult second album. This is episode two. All right. Of the Red Raw Red podcast. Raw. With Rob and Laura. How are you? I'm good, girl. How are you? I'm all right, boy. Not yeah. too bad at all. No, not too bad. This is all new to me. This is all new to me, too. I mean, I suddenly have figured out how to put a mic on top of a mic stand. Oh, so we're very... Remember us the other week trying to set up? We couldn't find we the couldn't record find button. couldn't find the record button. <laughs> and it turns out there was no record button. That's why we couldn't find <laughs> it. Because we were using the wrong thing. Uh, but that's, that's learning. What? So for... Obviously, you have you've a very different listenership and followers to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't be no doing marathons and stuff. And well... Well, no. not yet. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> you can never say never to something. I think the fascinating thing, right, from the world I grew up in yeah. and the world I was engrossed in, that you're fierce ignorant to other stuff and oblivious to other worlds going on around you. And I would say that that is the same for me. Yeah. Because... My father was quite sporty and we had like sporty uncles and stuff. Your dad, your great uncle played with the Glen, did he? Jackie Daly played Jackie with Daly. Christy Ring for the Glen. He did. And my dad played. Is that a thing? Yeah, he did, yeah. So like there was... And there, you were never pushed into sport? Well, I mean, they could have tried, but like it was an awful push to push me the size of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... We weren't sporty. My sister might have had some sporty genes. I had an awareness of sport. I went to all Ireland's. I always watched the Olympics. Like that genuinely was a big but deal in the, our house. That's the kind of, for you, that, it's the story and the drama of It's the same as the occasion. Wa- it's event television. Event, like, yeah. It's the same as watching the Eurovision yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, But I definitely think, before I met you, was I a bit guilty of thinking sports people were big dopes? I might have been. But I can see where that comes from then, no? But equally, would you think that, like, arty oh, drama yeah. comedians are dopes? Oh, stop growing up, like, the arty boy in the class. They were... They were the arty boy. They were, like, yeah, they weren't real, like... And to be honest, some of them are dopes. But, like, there's dopes in every... There's dopes in everything. Yeah. But wait now a second. But I didn't get into sport. Like, my family wasn't sporty. Like, my, my story of sport and how I ended up in it was very... Go on. Unorthodox. Go on. So right, I was born. I was born in Toker, right? The flats and flats in Toker. Okay. Where are we talking now? Where are the flats? Five st- across from the five star. So like, it was probably one of the toughest places in Cork. Unknown to myself when I was younger. So my dad's a plasterer. Yeah. My mum was married before, and she married my dad. And Rhonda, my sister, was nine, so she was there. So my mum and dad got together, and they had me, Auntie, Lindsay, and Elton. So we were born into flats and Sorry, excuse me, I hate to interrupt, but we do just need to pause briefly to reference that your brother's name is Elton. Elton, Lindsay, Auntie, Rhonda. And Rhonda. I named after my dad, Dennis Robert. Like. They just don't match. <laughs> None of them match, but that kind of it kind of works. Like you either go matchy matchy, or you don't at all. But it was like so. Imagine I I was there. We moved into like to a council house in Toker um, by the Bears Club. The sport wasn't under radar at all. Oh, with, really? And the Bears was out the back. So my dad, he went to the pub on a Friday night, played darts, drank, probably drank for the rest of the weekend then. But did he watch matches and stuff? 
I would have watched a match as my uncles played football. My uncle Josie had trials for Man United. My uncle Dennis played Munster Senior League. But my dad was a darts player and he used to go road bowling. Like, so that would have been his kind of path for me. Mm. So I, we moved to Turnus Cross then. But my mum, who was from the north side, wanted to get us out of Toker. So we moved to Turnus Cross. So Turnus Cross and out to Toker, Laura. Is that posh? Very posh compared oh. to Toker. Like. Okay. So it probably helped me then when I got older. So I went then I went to Skull Crease Tree, very good school. Yeah. I went to Clash to Crease Tree. And when I went to these schools then, sport was kind of a, a way where you could get included in the community. Had you been in a school in Toker? I was. Oh, were you? I think I didn't go to school. No, I didn't know what age. <laughs> no, I didn't know what age you were when I, you moved. I made my communion in Toker school. Okay. And then I moved to Turner's Cross Lake when I was eight or nine. I'd say you were the size of a pea I making was tiny. your communion, were yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. help us. So that, but it's mad how I got involved like in sports. So I went to Skullcree Street in. The year was all mixed up and I was I started school really young. So I was in with guys a year older than me, being small. Yeah. So imagine being small and you're in with guys a year older than you. Like you're lost with, in classes of 42, 43 back yeah, then. of course, yeah. So I, got to, I stayed back then in fourth class. They kept me back because we moved school. And it, that changed my life then. Because there was like a sense of embarrassment over being held back. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You're like, you're, even uh, though it was just even, to get you to the right age. But it was then to the right age. But then in my head, I was a year older than everybody. And I had to be the best at everything then. So then that's, that's, how, I, that's how all of my sporting journey started like. But were you academic? No. No, I had no interest. It wasn't pushed. I had no interest in school. I hated school. So I started playing football. I just started going to Nemo. Then I was like in primary school, I wasn't academic. We weren't pushed. Probably missed a load of school as well. What, like playing matches or just being out? Like, like if your mum and dad were out at the weekend, you could miss Mondays and you should miss loads of school. Like You used to go on the hop? No, just... <laughs> See, this is so alien to me because my parents <laughs> were teachers. <laughs> like, sure, if my dad, like, if you miss work on a Monday, you're lying in bed hoping that, like, you know, you're not going to be wo- woke up and... Completely different upbringing to my own kids. I was obsessed with sport then, like, like, it's captain of the street leagues in Nemo under 11, played with Nemo then, grown up, captain of Nemo under 16. And then I won the mile in school when I was in primary school, so that gave me notoriety. What, like, running? Running. Okay. I was nearly famous for being good at sport, football, anything I did, handball, running, run the, I then went into Clash to Crease Street and I won the mile there, got on the school team. Wanted to get in the school football team, so I used to go to multi-gym every night. And we were exposed to athletics up there and race walking. And that's how it took off, like. I don't understand where race walking came in, because, like, for example, in my secondary school, definitely race walking was not a thing. But it was in Cree Street. So there was Brother Colum and Brother Sweeney. There were two brothers in Cloche de Cree Street. So there was a big athletics tradition in the school. And I would have been the best runner in the school anyway. So I went up in the multi-gym one night, and I was only going up the multi-gym. What the hell is multi-gym? Multi-gym. <laughs> it was on every night of the week. Okay. So you'd go up to do weights, and then you'd have a game of ball at the end of the night with a tennis ball in a hall, or right? The hall is tiny, but it was like, be illegal now. Why? And it was so rough, like. Oh. So you're basically just going up to kind of prove to the brothers <laughs> that so it doesn't isn't. matter that I'm small. I'm, I'm good enough to be on the okay. football team, like. It was kick shit, like. Like, you'd be flaked up there but it was just really really competitive environment and then one night we're all up in the hall all lads mad into sport and crease three and track and field season was coming up so they did indoor pole vault indoor triple jump jesus race walking and it was just another race and 
then we had trials after that and there was a guy Trevor Murray who did race walking in Chris he's a very good footballer I always remember him he always had nice girlfriends and stuff and he was kind of <laughs> cool like do you know he was popular he was from Ballafihan yeah yeah similar background because he walked and another fellow Wolf from up in Mayfield it was because they did it then I got into was it was his first name Wolf no, second or, name was Wolf. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Imagine being an Olympic walker and your name is Wolf. So, so what? You kind of followed in their footsteps. And then, but and did then somebody teach you how to do it? Like, because it would have been natural, walking. like. And then you're spotted. But I, I was very lucky because I'd have been good at running. I'd have been good at football. The coaches would gravitate you in. So yeah. I was always brought the Nemo by Michael Buckley's dad, Sean Buckley. They either bringing me. So when you're good at so, and then athletics, John Hayes used to bring me to Toker. So I was always brought places by other people. So my whole life then was kind of like that. People were bringing you places, but why weren't your parents bringing you places? Sure they wouldn't, like. Sure, my dad's thing was like, oh, when I was younger, I was brought nowhere, and he'd have been doing his own thing. So I, I had a very kind of different life going on to my own brothers and sisters then. And, and if I was running then when I was younger, if I wasn't winning, I'd just keep it to myself. So you used to do my own thing, like. From what age? From when you were like 15? No, younger. Like 11. This blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was still playing with my Barbies at home. Like, oh yeah, no. I'd have been obsessed then, like, like with Bruce Lee. I'd have been obsessed with him when I was younger. I'd take one door. Everything was sport for me. Like mm-hmm. everything was sport. So then, when you you're good at something and you're exposed to something, the pathway opens up, and that never ever stopped for me. Like, because I was always hungry to keep on going. I remember like winning the mile in Crease Tree when I was eleven was nearly as big as me winning the World Championships because yeah. there were similar scenarios just in a different world. Do you know what I mean? What is the mile? It's four laps of a, a track. In Chris So Ray. it was four laps of the pitch there, which it was called a mile, but it wasn't. It was probably a thousand metres. And was everyone, in the, like, was all ages in the school doing it? The older ages, yeah. So it would have been the whole, the best in the school. And yeah. like the shield I won then would have been nearly bigger than me, like. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> he was a teeny, tiny little guy. Um... So then, but like, how does that then turn into your going training for the Olympics? But I went, I kept going. So I left school then, as per normal. I left school after my junior start. And I was doing an apprenticeship with my dad to be a plasterer. I grew when I was 15. I was still about five foot one. Then I grew to five foot three when I was 16. Under 17, I was five foot three. And then from 17... To 19 I grew to 5 foot 8 So imagine oh. I developed fierce late So I left school I'm working with my dad And I went up to run A cross country race Up in St. Aidan's Up in the north side And I finished high up in it And Brother Dooley Turned around to me And he'd have been Really famous Your dad would know him though, yeah. say. Famous Irish coach And he said Your scholarship material And I'm like Me oh. Normal fella Class or son And I On that then I Went back to school because I had to go back and do my leaving cert. Went back oh. to Crease Tree in the middle of fifth year. Went on, did my leaving cert, and then went to the North Man for a year. And um, Why didn't you do your leaving cert in Crease Tree? I did my leaving cert in Crease Tree, but then I went to the North Man for a year because then you would best, you, you'd like guys who wanted to go to America and scholarship would go to the North Man. So they'd come down and do a PLC course in the North Man, run for the North Man, and do their SATs for America. Wow. So I went up to the North Man and then I exposed to like Brian Murray. He was Irish cross-country champion. There was Kevin Lowe, really good runner. Jason Fuchs went in scholarship to McNeese, really good runner. Guys, really, really good, talented fellas. But then you're around them going, sure, they're only normal. Yeah. I'm better than them. And I ended up being the number one man for the man that year. But I was race walking. I went up there with the, the, the illusion of getting a race walking scholarship to America. I qualified for the European Junior Championships race walking. 
which opened up a whole new world. Ended up the first man with the North Man running cross country in all of the national events. Ended up getting offered a running scholarship and came back from the European Championships in Slovenia after missing my sister's wedding. Jesus. I had to make a decision. I went to Slovenia, raced the European Juniors. And I was like, fucking hell. I'm good at this, but I could do really well at this. Yeah. So I came back, declined the running scholarship to America by just not answering the phone to the coach. Oh, Put this Put my is, head completely in the sand. This is the fellow that kept trying to ring you and yeah. you were like having I was meant it. to be going there, like. I was meant to, go, I was gone. It was all set up. They had oh. a big brother scheme for me and everything, like. And, and you just didn't Just answer. didn't go. Just didn't answer the phone. And that would have been a trade of mine even when I was young, like, just. Head in the sand. Head in the sand. Bit scummy, isn't it? I probably just felt so awkward about it, you know what I mean? Well, I, d- I don't understand. What was the alternative decision to do walking? But then I said, I could go to the Olympics doing this. I, if I stay here and my development was so good and I was, I was now starting to get really good and I was older and, and a massive appreciation then for not being good when I was younger. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, like, I got Irish athlete of the meet up at the National Junior Championships across all events, went to a European Championships. Now I'm starting to make a big name for myself. And I was like, I could go to the Olympics doing this. So I decided to go back to college then and do a sports injuries diploma so I could study and train full time. And what age are you, sorry? I'm 19 now. And big question, have you hit puberty? <laughs> <laughs> I hit puberty first late. Yeah, tell it. Yeah, I hit puberty like going on 17. Like. Did you? Yeah. I remember coming home to my mum one day and going, mum, like, you know, in the showers after PE and you've the lads with the hairs under their arms and stuff like that. And I, I was tiny, like, and my mum says, I know, boy, mum from the North Side, like, she goes, if you were a bit taller, maybe people would take you more seriously. Oh, God, love devastated, yeah. like. She says, sorry, talk, were you, my, you had no hair? Oh, no, I did, like, I didn't hit puberty until I was nearly 17, like. My God. Like, like so I, I grew six inches from 17 to 19. That was just his willy. <laughs> <laughs> the size of it. I got bigger in as well, I was delighted. <laughs> and I'd take your eye out when he was 19. When it was 16, it wouldn't have done a bit. Were you aware that you were not hitting puberty? Were you aware of oh, that? of course you were. Like, yeah. how, though? Because you'd see other lads, like, and then you're with your, there's lads and they're with women, like girls, and they're doing stuff with girls, and should imagine when you're, if you were 16 and a half years of age, and you're with a girl, and she tries to drop the hand on you, and you're like, oh, oh no, you can't be touching that, that's only for wee-wees. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, oh yeah, you're completely embarrassed, like. But sorry now, I might be being stupid about the male anatomy, right? Yes, it's just for wee-wees, but if, even if you hadn't hit puberty, would it not still have popped up and done its bits and bobs? Would it be small, like? <laughs> but sure. Like, when you hit puberty, everything gets bigger, do you know what I mean? But I don't think a 15 or 16-year-old girl would do Why, is Shane's the same size as Alfie's now? <laughs> <laughs> They're close enough, guys. <laughs> Alfie's is powerful. <laughs> but, like, as a girl, now I was a very innocent girl, but, like... Oh, no, you'd still be, you'd still of all you'd of the same excited, yeah yeah you? you'd still be with girls and stuff but you'd never kind of go past I don't, know the, I don't know what the girl would have been expecting though anyway I had no clue what was going on most of the time oh, I remember like I remember being with a girl when I was younger down y'all and I was 14 and she was 17 and her brother was on to me going do you think it would be in Rob to do the brother was he said it to me so he heard him spe- he heard his sister speaking to her friend and we're down in the mobile home then and you all are like and I'm in the bedroom like and we're kissing and stuff and like she was expecting it to go and she was three years older than me as well. What was she doing with boobs and everything like and <laughs> for pleasure. And then um, and I had to pretend there was somebody outside and I had to run out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I did- <laughs> 
<laughs> did you ever offer any explanation or did you just oh, run no. out of the room? Just, that was it. Was it was back like, just like the scholarship, just put your head in the sand to pretend nothing happened. She's probably scared for life, that poor creature. <laughs> yeah. like, I cracked onto a 14-year-old and then he ran away. Like, so yeah, how do we get to this? Uh, sorry, I'm just very fascinated with the notion of you being hairless up until you were about 17. So sorry, then you went back and you did sports injury so I did I got a sports injuries diploma why did you do that did you because I knew I knew I was making a name for myself in sport and I'd have always been a grafter anyway and I'd have having a massive interest in it and I said I can make a living doing this okay even you know what I thought I had a name back then but I'd still have an access to sports people and I was working away doing that so it was mad I went to the European under 23 championships in 1999 and finished last oh and I was going to retire then I went over, I was on holidays over in Spain, and a guy, a Russian guy who I met earlier on in the year, won the World Championships. I went up to watch him while I was on holidays, couldn't believe it. Guy I met, got a picture with, swapped tops on, same size as me, Yeah. won the World Championships. Massively motivated after that then. And sorry, you're training now for what? But I'd have, yeah, you'd have no, I had no plan, Laura, I had no coach, you see, so I had no guidance, like... And so, I wouldn't have thought there would have been much race walking people there was, in, there was in a guy, Ireland. There was a guy, Jimmy MacDonald, he finished sixth in the Olympics in Barcelona. Jimmy MacDonald from Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unbelievable so, walker. So there was another coach, then Michael, Michael, well, I won't say his second name, but he, he was a school teacher and accountant. Weirdo. <laughs> Real weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, loved walking. But was good for me because I'd have been a bit alternative. Gillian O'Sullivan then, she won a world medal. She was going to college in Cork and I met her. And we train with each other every day. So imagine the builder's son and Gillian is studying to be a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Really very straight-laced, academic, very disciplined. And we rubbed off each other. She had brilliant influence on me, actually. Long story short, I qualified for the Olympics in Sydney, which was huge. But what does training... You know, you, you casually say that you were training. Like, as in, are you training all day? No, like, so our day back then, like, and it would... It got a lot more scientific as I went on and got older and met different people. But me and Gillian would meet on a Monday morning, say, 10 miles in the morning, 5 miles in the evening. Tuesday, 10 miles in the morning, 5 miles in the evening, maybe the gym. Wednesday, we'd go to the track. We'd do a track session, which would be very hard. Train again that evening. Thursday, then, would be 10 miles, 5 miles. Friday, 10 miles, 5 miles. Saturday, then, we could do 18 or 20 miles. And Sunday would be an easy day. So it was just... The training was all wrong, but it was still massive loads of work. So when you're younger, then you're just getting better. And I uh, went to the Olympics in Sydney. It was huge for me to go here, right? Got, I, I won loads of races that year. Won the British Championships. I broke a load of Irish records. So I'm getting better all the time. Went to the Olympics and had a shit Olympics. Okay. I was fucking fierce depressed after it. Like, so depressed. Just ran out of steam by the time I got there. But at the closing ceremony of the Olympics... I met the guy who won the 20k and he won the 50k. Oh, wow. So imagine oh, me growing up, hadn't a puberty until I'm nearly 17. I'm uh. small. I'm insecure about it. I haven't won anything when I was younger. So I've all of them hang-ups like, still very good at sport. But then met your man, won the 20k, won the 50k. He won the Olympics the one before it in Athens. Um, ended up winning the one after. And he was fucking an inch smaller than me. I was all confused, like going, fuck, I have no excuse no. This, this tiny kind of little guy movie. is oh, right. And he was Olympic Robert Karjanowski from Poland. So I took a picture of him, a selfie with the disposable Kodak camera <laughs> in the stadium in Sydney. You took a selfie with a Kodak camera? Yeah. How did you know it would come out? I didn't. <laughs> but I had the Kodak camera, him there, and then I, it was... And I had that photo home, so 
rang, I remember ringing my mum and telling her, and I got back, stayed in in Australia, and we went down fucking mad. We went down to piss for Yeah, a I was going to say, like, as in, when you were training in, in Ireland, was there, like, nights out and piss-ups and stuff, or were you being really good? No, there would have been, be- because you wouldn't know any different, Yeah, like, yeah, And everything was a celebration, like, like, you do something, a celebration, I do a race, a celebration, yeah. and you're on it, like, for a couple of days, but having no idea, do you know what I mean? So, uh, that, and you get away with it when you're young. But out in Australia then, out there on the piss, Laura. Like, imagine a wave with a load of other Olympic athletes, 22 years of age. Wild. But you just, but it's normalised then because off Johnny's doing it or Jimmy's doing it. He was in the Olympics. So we were out all the time. And then I, I ran out of money out there. I remember we were staying in a hostel up in the Gold Coast and we were fucking robbing food out of the fridge because we had no oh. money. I remember buying beer out of my last 20 euros. Like, and I remember ringing my mum then and I was like, oh, fuck it, if I don't go home from here, I'll never do sport again. And she transferred money into my account. I changed my flight and I flew back to Cork. Fierce motivated, fierce disappointed after the Olympics, but fierce motivated to drive on. And then I emailed your man, Karzanowski, in January after putting in massive winter's training and told him how much I admired him. And he invited me to go to South Africa with him. And like a training camp. And a training camp. It's all, everything was by chance. And I was with your man, was coaching me then at the time. And I said, look, Robert Karzanowski rang me. He rang me on Valentine's night. And uh, I didn't believe it was him, but I was there. Come on, boy, who is it? Mm. Bro, this is Robert Kozianowski. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, Pierce, that's you, boy, is it? Stop <laughs> missing out. And no, this is Robert Kozianowski. I got your email and I was like, didn't realise it was him. And started speaking in broken Polish car. Yeah. And he said, um, you know, I'm going to jo- dip South Africa to train. Do you want to, you know, you're, uh, I'd like you to come. What was in it for him, for you to... Looking back, no, because my times are so good. And I was so young, he'd have had an aspiring partner, somebody to train with. Yeah, he knew you were the real deal. But, he, but it would have been an opportunity. One, I'd have been able to train with him. But two, I spoke English. And he was Polish, so it gave him an opportunity to develop his English. Okay. A bit, like, and if you don't have English from them, you're not going to do anything. And he's a, he's a fucking brilliant businessman. What do you mean like, you're not going to do anything? Like if you're globally, you, you have to be able to speak English. Like. Jumped on the plane, got rid of my coach. Gillian and Jamie Costin came along with me and sure... In the, I, I wrote to Robert with an email address called plumbsucker at yahoo.com because I was working in a store in Cummins as Laura, right? And a guy used to come up to the store to print jerseys and you go, oi plumbsucker, how are you getting on? So oh, that was my email address, pure just messing. Like, so I tried to change it. Well, in now the to be fair, we all had chaotic yeah, email addresses, yeah. And I, I changed my email address and never got any of the corresponding emails and I jumped on a plane, went to South Africa with Jamie and Gillian and we went to a place called Pachestrom and I was like, is uh, Karjanowski here? So it was, there was a training centre in this place in Pachestrom. I said, Robert is not here. So <gasps> they rang the Polish Federation. He was up in Johannesburg, which was a couple of hours away. So they got on to him. And the three of us arrived into a place called Melville in Johannesburg with no plan, no or anything. And he greeted us on the street. And he brought us into the house with the Polish team. And had there been... He, so you had missed correspondence from him saying yeah. that he was going to Johannesburg. But yeah. he still wanted you to come, had he? Oh, he invited me. To, once he said, you, oh, he wants you to go, that was yeah. me gone. Like, my kids would never do it. I'm, do you know what I mean? I'm having heart failure and palpitations at the thought of this. I don't think that my parents, to this day, don't know where, the, where I am at all times of the day. It was just the way it was. And I, I wanted to get better. He was an opportunity... And even the taxi we got from Pretoria up to Joburg. Remember Ali G was on the telly at the yeah. time? And I was like, sure, we had all of that. That's stupid. Me and Jamie with the Ali G jokes and Gillian allergic in the background. like. Yeah. And I was there. In Africa, it's all right to, it's all right to shoot somebody in Africa, is it? Is it? 
and he'd, he pulled the machete out from underneath his seat. In the taxi driver? We were only messing all this stupid, like, allergy interview stuff, and he showed us that, and he stopped off at a random place on the way back to Joburg, outside a block of flats where his son lived, and looking back in it now, was fear scary. But when you were in it, Gillian was terrified because she was more mature. Sure, we just thought it was funny. Like. Oh my God. I thought it was hilarious. Like. like if I was going to Dublin for an audition or something, oh, I know. my dad used to be like, be careful on that road, it's the most dangerous road in I Ireland. Know. Like dad had nearly followed me up the road. I don't know how. So we went back and then I learned, I learned so much off him then. It made me grow up. Off like, of courage and asking. The man spoke he, six sorry, languages. Is he the handsome fella that you were hanging around with at the World Athletic Championship no, recently? No, Who's that he, fella? That's Paco from Spain. Oh yeah, yeah. He's so Karjanowski is a, he ended up coaching Paco as well. He was an Olympic medalist, but Robert spoke six languages. He was just brilliant. He came from. Is he still alive? Oh yeah, he's only fifty. Oh yeah, four fifty-five. But the rest is like you went on and won loads of medals. Because I kept learning, like I kept moving on, and, and then I ended up getting, I ended up firing Robert a few years later. He ended up coaching me. Loads of stuff happened that we'll get to. Like, but like that's. I'm sick of talking about myself like, now. You just want to eat your soup. <laughs> I I know well what you're up to. But it's like I don't know that drive that you had to be the best at sport. I don't think I had that to be the best at acting. Or what are you on about? No, I don't think I had it. No, when I was working with you in the radio, I can remember going away, going, "Oh my god!" But that was she's for- driven. She's brilliant. Her mind. Your mind for delivering on stuff, the way you were able to switch on and off, if you would have skipped to do, or if you had to write something up. Oh, you speak, that's, that's what I was drawn to you. I was going... But I think that's she, probably different. I think... But you, you probably take it for granted. Yeah, maybe, and you maybe. you always perform it, and you, there was no... There was no messing with you. You're very, you're very tough, like. <laughs> I <laughs> love the version of you that you have, of me. Because I, I tried to play the damsel in distress when we were on the radio at the start. Kind of looking for reassurances, and you gave out to me. You're at it no months. Cop on. <laughs> All right, girl. What a bitch. You're not even be saying that to me. So we'd be trying to play the, the the cat out of Shrek. It's a, <laughs> a little dirty cat. I don't know. That's relatively new. I think that I'm kind of direct. I'm not sure that I was always that direct. I'm trying to think with regards to acting. Like when I wanted to act, I did really, really want to act. Well, so, how did you get into it? How did you get into? So I um now very sheltered. Were well, you nerd in school? Yes, well, not a nerd. I was always great old crack. You see, I think I think in secondary school I would have been bullied only for the fact what that I was a lad. What secondary school did you go to again? I went to Clash and Fearshing in that mire. So I think um, I think there was people there would have tried to have bully me, but I was too much crack. I remember coming in. I was the only person in my class to have a blazer. Right, everybody else had jumpers. Laura had a blazer. We don't know why, Rob, but we I did. <laughs> And I remember coming in one day and this little fella was wearing my blazer and clearly mocking me around the class. But sure, I just joined in because I thought it was a laugh. Yeah, you'd be like, I'd be very it. oblivious to, like, I just, I wasn't bullyable, I don't think. But I, when I was in, like, just listen, like, my, I'm sheltered. Like, I'm still sheltered. Like, as in, we lived in Upper Glenmire, uh, both my parents' teachers. I went to my dad's school. Like, you know, it was dad bringing me into school every day. It was dad bringing me home every day. Babies. I was a baby. Like, even, like, whatever about hitting puberty, I needn't have bothered to have hitting puberty because I didn't sleep anywhere until I was about early 20s. And it was Shane. 
Do you know what I mean? So like, it's just, I'm a baby. I don't think I've fully developed it all yet. You could go mad knowing you're 40. I go cracked. I go absolutely. (laughs) The most rebellious thing besides leaving the radio that I ever did was moving to Ballycotton. And that was only rebelling against myself because I ended up actually uh, being too far away from my life. But in terms of drama, when I was in second class, I had this teacher, Mrs. Horgan, and she used to do everything by drama. Like maths was drama. Irish was drama and I suddenly was like what is this I was like I get I get this and I like this a lot and I would kind of credit her with being the reason why I wanted to do acting we'll say I but did you did. not feel pressure being teachers the teacher's daughter no academically because my friend was telling me you know that you got all of the lead roles in the plays I didn't really. Uh, There was a in in. But he said you were brilliant, like in primary school, not so much. In like I was very academic. I was very academic. I was fierce, clever. The only time I wasn't academic was when I did maths in secondary school. Just shit at maths. Just couldn't. I actually think I had a form of like there must be a numeral kind of dyslexia because I couldn't. I've that as well. I just (laughs) he has them all. No, I couldn't. I just, I really struggled with maths in secondary school. That was the only thing. I was really clever. Um, it came easy to me. I liked school, but I was also crack. So that that was the saving grace that I wasn't a complete, like, absolute toad. The, who did you hang around with? Like, what was your circle? You see, Irish college was my circle then, you see? What you for the rest of the year? So in primary school, like, primary school, I had friends. We used kind of, you know, the way in primary school, you kind of mix and match. You'd be like, I'm odd with you today, but oh, I like yeah. you. We had all that going on. Secondary school, I had a group of friends. They were good, but we thought we were the weirdos. We didn't realise until we left that people thought we were cool. Oh, really? Yeah, we were like, no, we thought we were weird. Um, no, I'm in contact with none of them. <laughs> we had a massive falling out. I can't remember why. We had a massive falling out at the start of college anyway. I went to UCC and did drama and theatre studies. But I would say going to Nakadoon Irish College was where I met my best friends. And then drama, I met Laura, who would be my best, best, best friend. Um, So like, I... I, Irish college kind of defined me a bit. Like, because it was where I found total freedom. Three weeks away from home like as close to rebellion as possible like then I went on to be a helper there and we'd go drinking on the beach and I thought I was Would mad you? oh yeah of course yeah I, I didn't go drinking in fields when I was in school like right. I went in a very safe Irish college for three weeks and when we were growing ups in our 20s we'd go drinking on the beach like it wasn't controversial at all really but I met Shane through Irish college and I met loads of my best friends from there and I think that made that was where I felt most normal I was, you know, you were very much allowed to be all versions of yourself. So all singing, all dancing version of myself. I didn't have to tone myself down. And the people I kind of... How long would you be down there then for? we go three weeks every summer. So I went every summer from after second year. And then I was there well into my 20s. Like people were doing their J1s and I was still going back down. Um, It kind of gets a hold over you. What were you doing? Helping, like, minding the smallies. Bit weird, bit weird. Mainly they're just trying to shift fellas, basically. Like, what was I doing in Irish college as well? I had fluent Irish. I went to an all-Irish secondary school. And where would you stay in Irish? This is gas. You see, these options wouldn't have been open to me when I was younger. Well, it would have actually, because they had a scheme for altar boys. If you'd been an altar boy, you could have gone. We went away to Dingle. I remember me, Liam Goggin and Mark Conway. We got a bus down to Dingle. I don't know how we got there, but we ended up in Dingle where the, the Irish college was down there. Oh, yeah. And we slept in the back of the Crease Trees bus because we couldn't get a hostel. <laughs> Why was nobody minding you? I just, I just, I just have been so minded my whole life. Like, even today now, my mum will be like, where were you now today? 
it was a camp, so there was houses where you'd stay, like, on the camp. See, that would have been posh to me, no? Well, it wa- to me, it was slumming it. To me, it was like, oh. there is water dripping from this ceiling. I am living in squalor. Like, I was, I, I never think I was posh, but we probably were. We probably were a bit, no, no, we weren't notionsy, like, but we were... I'd like mom and dad, mom and dad had a bob when they were starting off teaching, Quinn. but I always had a sense that we had plenty, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which I think is the great skill of their parenting is that, that I felt like we were like absolutely loaded. Um, but yeah, so Nakadoon was a big part of kind of realizing that you could just be fully yourself with people. I don't mm. know. Was it, I don't think you realize that in primary school, like primary school is weird. I think you're, I, t- I see it with kids. They're kind of, they're brilliant when they're in primary. Yeah. And then they start getting all these insecurities. Secondary and can be, I'm so worried about secondary for my smallies. Girls more so, when girls go into second year, yeah. the change in them is unbelievable. Like, and it's hormonal in, as well. It's probably yeah. like, it's probably actually that their hormones are driving them cracked. But you know the way like, as a teenager, now certainly we always joked that Irish college was like being on Dawson's Creek. Like we were all bawling, crying over fellas. And you know, our, we, all of our suffering was like major tragedies. You know, like there was nothing wrong with us. But I think that's part of being a teenager is being um, full of angst yeah. now I was putting it on most of the time I wasn't very angsty really but I was like oh yeah they're all sad now I'd be sad as well yeah. that's just your emotional just, intelligence I just want to be emotional <laughs> like everybody else and I loved secondary school I really loved secondary school and then I went to college and I fucking hated it really? oh well, I can't tell you I think I've only admitted that to myself in the past kind of five years I went to do drama and theatre studies expecting to meet basically the cast of Les Mis. Okay. We would all have loads in common. We'd be hanging out. But what would you study in drama and theatre? What, what's the day? What, what you do daily? Like? <laughs> well, in first year, we used and to was have... there a, a not, like, not a disappointment? Oh, huge disappointment. For your mum and dad. Like, no, you no, got about no. what? 550 points or something. Uh, 555, actually. Don't forget, don't forget them fines there. Do you know what I mean? Like when you could have gone on to be, I think this is the crossover as well with our worlds. My mum and dad were never anything but super supportive about me wanting to do acting. Okay. Now, Dad used to be like, why don't you do law? It's the yeah, same. You could have been and a doctor I used to be or like, a law, a solicitor. I could. And, yeah. I, and I used to say to him, well, law isn't like acting because it's actually dealing with real people's mm. lives and I have no interest in it. My sister did law. My estranged brother did accountancy. So I think they always knew I'd probably do arts in some version. But would they have not been nervous about the instability of it financially? I don't know. They probably were, but they never hugely expressed it. Like, I have to say they were very supportive. And I think it's because dad himself would have liked to have been an actor. So I think he understood where that was coming from. Like, there is that kind of strain on the daily side of the family. But I found drama a huge disappointment. Like, I can't tell you. Day one. So, like, what was the day? Like, we used to have nine o'clock lectures on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Nine o'clock for three hours, basically doing yoga. Bollocks. Bollocks. You go in the black, take off your shoes, we'll walk the space. Imagine that you're a sheep floating in the sky. Like, bollocks, right? But I I was obviously, like, really into it. At the time, it was all weird shit. And the class just didn't get or understand me. They were like... They used to call me the Holy One because I used to go to Mass. I was the only one living at home with my parents. Everybody else had moved out. You know, they were like, after coming from other places, a lot of them didn't actually want to do acting. Okay. And this blew my mind. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing drama and theatre studies for if you don't want to act? 
I had no, I had very little in common with any of them. Couldn't find any common ground. Wasn't big into drinking. Wasn't big into drug taking. So wasn't big into going to nudie parties. This is very similar like to my experience. Every party they went to, Rob, somebody ended up being nude, right? And I just couldn't. I mm. just was an innocent little soul. Thankfully, I found Laura, who is my best friend, but she she kind of managed to be a bit of both. Like she was very much my close friend, but she was able to kind of go to the parties as well. She was living out of home. So I used to stay with her, which used to make, that was a good outlet for me that I was oh, where, where is she from? She's from Clare. She's oh, from, yeah, okay. so she was living on the North Mall. So I used to stay with her on nights out and stuff. But like, I'd always be the first to bed. Always. She was still like that. Yeah, ghosty. Go- she used to be like, why are you so sleepy? I used to just be gone. Because I hated, I just didn't, and I suppose I Is made- that a big misconception then with like people's perception of you? As I remember when I started and I'd be down and ring Mahan, down at the matches and the mad fellas know from Mahan. Yeah. Love to go drink him a horrible. She's a mad thing. Yeah, you'd be so disappointed. <laughs> you'd be so disappointed. I'd be home at half nine having toast. Yeah. I'd have talked to you for about an hour and I'd be like, goodbye and God bless. No, I think there is a bit of that. And I think I felt that as well. I think I felt it didn't there live was, up to my pressure. crack. Yeah. That was like Elvis. I, <laughs> like, fiercely like Elvis. Such a night he couldn't perform. <laughs> Ah, very similar, very similar. Yeah. Same thing, it's an expectation. I, I felt like I wasn't having the proper college experience because mm. I hated all that aspect but of I it. Had, but I had that. When I went back to, like, it was in UCC, I went to Stefan Nafe for doing a sports injuries course and they'd all be out. But I only wanted to train. Mm. And I'd go to the classes, get them done. And I was a complete introvert. And I can always remember thinking, fucking none of these people know what I'm really like. And I know yeah. I'm 100% more cracked than any of you. But I have to train tonight. I have a race in a few months. I can't go out. And I couldn't go out. But I'd have been wild if I was out. And it used to drive me mad because I just didn't think. Oh, I had that the whole way through college. I was like, ye and your little drama clique. Well, they thought I was a weirdo. I'd they say, yeah. thought I was a big holy dose. And I was like, just because I'd prefer to be sitting at home watching The X Factor on Saturday with my mum and dad than actually be out with you. When I think about it now, it is that I was bored but I, by that. If them. I was out then, Lord, that's dangerous because if I got a window to go out, I probably wouldn't want to come home for two or three days when I was younger. I, that was never a factor yeah, for me. A, and I'd have, to, I'd have to block that side of myself right away. I had my leave and start results night down in Irish college and I had a tequila and I don't remember what happened after it. I just <laughs> remember waking up the next morning in a bunk bed going, OK, I obviously got home somehow. But it was a very safe environment because we yeah. all would have minded each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose I met Shane then when I was 20 as well. Like yeah. I was 20 he was 27 and that had a huge impact because it was like like he was the right person possibly at the wrong time because I met him so young yeah I had the kind of adult sensibleness is this going to be the opening statement of what you're going to send your counsellor a fart <laughs> <laughs> Gone wild. This, I think I was sensible enough to know that I couldn't tell him to go away like he was the right person for me yeah. so it would have been madness to be like go away and come back so I knew that I was like shit I'm after finding this great relationship yeah. I have not sowed my wild oats because I was living in constant fear of being pregnant mm. even though God help us nobody was going nearer I think having met him then my college life was very different because I had kind of a life partner from when I was 20 yeah. so so I wasn't going out shifting you were, you were... I wasn't going out riding and actually, if I had my time over, I think I'd have done a lot more shifting and riding. And then I think the other side in, like... Well, like, you'd have done less. That, like, when you go wild for that period, that when you come out the other side, it was like, oh, fuck, I was actually a nicer person before all of this. I never went wild, you say. And then if you, have, if you actually have 
the intelligence to understand that and kind of go, oh, I didn't miss out on much. I, I'm sure I didn't miss out on it's much, but I could, there's about three fellas that I could think of now in college that I'm like, oh, I could have dabbled there before I got onto Jane. One guy was calling him English boy. He was very handsome. He'd long blondy hair. I was stupid. I didn't think anyone fancied me. So I just automatically was friends with everyone. Right. Except for Shane then, obviously. But there are about three lads that I'm like, they would have just been my three little wild oats. But I would never have slept with them because I was a baby. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have that side in me. The all my friends were riding all around them. And Down I, at Irish college? No, not in Irish college. Just wholesome. No, like in college, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In normal college, people would be having one night stands and stuff, and I just, I just couldn't fathom it. I'm like, but my dad's collecting me, like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My dad used to be outside Red's nightclub at two o'clock waiting to collect me. Like, no. sure, I wasn't going to go off riding. And I was petrified anyway because I thought you'd only have to look at me and I'd be pregnant. Oh, yeah. Well, because somewhere along the line, sex education completely failed me. Yeah. We'll have to wrap it up, but there'll be part three, four, five of this. I hated college and that was hard. It was actually really you hard. you finished it out? I finished it out and I did an extra feckin' year. I did three years of drama and theatre studies and I did a master's in English for a year. And the masters was probably more crack because I was more myself and I wasn't in the drama group anymore. And we met uh, my friend Laura, continued and did a masters in drama, and her class were so much sounder. Met loads of brilliant friends there, so I had a better group. And I moved out the summer of writing my masters then. But like, did I need to do a masters, Rob? I didn't. Who did you move? Where did you move? I moved in with Laura. We, we lived you? over, I'll tell you where we live now. We lived on Washington Street. We lived, there was a cafe called Sugar. We lived over that for one summer. Where's that? It's down by Liberty Grill, kind of. The heart of madness. Madness. We moved to Elgin House then. It's just above the subway on Washington Street. And we lived there for a year. And What year was this? 2009. No. Yeah. I did my master's. I was writing my master's. And then me and Shane went to New Zealand for like five weeks together. Would you Shane together. be over with you the whole time? Shane was over with me and he was living in Ballinhasic in an apartment on his own. And I used to go over there as well. Then we went on holidays for what I thought was going to be like a backpacking holiday. Right? Neither of us would be backpackers. And we nearly broke up. We nearly broke away. up on holidays. We did. We did because it was like, it was just a weird old time. It was, there'd nearly be a full podcast on the New Zealand. We just nearly broke up. And I think it was down to a bit of the fact, back to the thing of that we hadn't slept with anyone else and we were having a fucking nightmare. We were, that's the truth of it. We were like, we needed somebody to come in and show us how to do it. <laughs> Some little New Zealand Maori fella to come in and show us how it's done. We're not getting into this now. No. Into this in another <laughs> we'll episode. have to pause. We'll come back to the sexual yeah. education of Laura. <laughs> but basically, like, do I think that I, should, that I needed to go to college to end up doing what I'm doing? No. And if Polly or Alfie, our new baby, turned around to me and said they don't want to go to college, I would be okay with that. Would you be okay with that? I, I, I genuinely, like, sure, I went back. I did bank exams after I finished, did that. I think if you're passionate about something you want to learn and you want to work, it doesn't matter. I think so like, too. 100%. But it's not an excuse not to, not to study or whatever, but you have to... Once you have an aptitude to oh, want like, to do something like... This is mainly on the basis that my kids are getting straight A's up until this point. Do you know what I mean? I want good leaving set results. Yeah, I wouldn't and be using we, it as a cop-out. No, and like, you do have to have a desire and a passion to go after something. But if you need to take a year, we'll but say, after leaving You probably need to go through them difficult times to realise... 
that you feel that way as well. I wonder, should I have done a different course? Like, was drama... Re- I think I could have pursued acting without doing drama. I could have done psychology or I could have done journalism or something. Sure, you could still do that. But I st- it would have been the same. I just still hated going out. I still wouldn't have done any of this. Like, I, my sister was baiting to doing debating and stuff in college. And I just didn't do any of it. Mm. I don't know why. If I had my time over, I wouldn't do drama and theatre studies. To, to be honest. I think it was a waste of time. <laughs> Loads of people go to college and... But they get stuck in. In other ways, I think I just didn't get stuck in. And I don't regret that either, though, because I was like, sure, I didn't want to get stuck in. I thought you were all dopes. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, red raw, guys. Red, red raw. It's a lot to take in, no? It's a lot to take no. in. You're meant to do a thing at the end of the podcast where you tell people to like and subscribe, but it gives me the gawks. Oh, yeah. Are we doing that? Sure, you've just done it. Yeah, like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> and share on Instagram. Share, yeah. share and tell your friends and spread the word because we want to sell out the opera house within, what, seven months? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. But we're not doing that like and subscribe shit because I hate it. <laughs> you just look again. Oh, whoopsie. Right, goodbye. Red Raw, Red Raw. with Rob and Laura.